This is Kitchen Table Spirituality, a Wednesday night devotional. I'm Pastor Jonathan Malone. I serve the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island. And I'm Charlie Eastman, pastor of Franklin Federated Church, for the next week. Oh, that's right. I am approaching a pastoral transition. I can't believe it is actually here. Wow. That's... (sighs) So many feelings. Yeah. So many feelings. Charlie, why didn't we not make that the topic to talk about today? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Let's talk about that next week. Yeah, next week. That's a good idea. Next week, we'll talk about that. Wait. So yeah. this will be the last week that you'll be the pastor of Franklin Federated Officially, Church. yeah. Officially. This will be the last week. I, I'm still in shock after 10 years. Yeah. That the moment has come in the midst of uh, all the excitement that we've uh, got going on. So it's it's to pretend that it's not part of my process would be disingenuous. So that's why I kind of monopolized the beginning of the podcast and threw it out there. Yeah. Well, I... As you, if you want to process it more, that's fine. And, and let me ask you, you something. So you were there about ten years, you said. Yep. And I've been at my church for eleven. And mm-hmm. and so for my people who are listening to this podcast right now, what would it have taken for them to keep you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. No, yeah. Um, don't answer that question. <laughs> I won't. When it's time to go, it's time that's to right. go. And yeah. when the right opportunity presents, the right opportunity presents. And that's right. It's it is what it is. Yeah, let's let's make sure to talk about that next week. Transitions, Great. grief, loss, that kind of thing. We'll do that. Although I think we might talk about grief a little today. I think we will. Before we do, uh, do did you I, any... wait? Did I just step on your toes with that? No, I. Well, I'm, I'm trying not trying to make you angry, man. There it is again. You did it oh. again. Oh, you are so good at this. <laughs> I think we're supposed to update about yeah. church first. So though. first, why don't you go first? Okay, so. Um, we don't have a lot going on this week for the East Greenwich community because we're kind of all exhausted from last week. Well, the guest preacher on Sunday, Ooh, nice. um, Nancy Forstrom, is going to be preaching. Where's Nancy from? Nancy's originally from Connecticut. Oh, cool. Or No, originally from actually Rhode Island, from Warwick. She served churches in Connecticut, has now moved mm-hmm. back, and is a part of a member of our congregation and um, doing oh, some sweet. wonderful stuff. So yeah, we're thrilled to have her. I'll be there. I'll be there to help with the singing and the prayers, but I'm glad. I'm looking forward to Nancy's message. And then looking ahead, uh, we're going to start um, bringing back the weekly Bible study. I'll be doing that through Zoom. Watch for more information about that. And we're going to be offering some connecting times for our Sunday school classes and our youth groups. So keep an eye out for, for those opportunities. Do you have any I love news how, from your end? I love how you didn't make air quotes when you said help with the singing. That was really great. <laughs> you display fantastic confidence in your uh, in your abilities. Um, Franklin Federated Church is also uh, on the quiet side this week, uh, but we're still going to have Kitchen Table Spirituality Wednesday night. We're still right. going to have our... Uh, our podcast sermon, and of course, our live stream on Sunday. Mm. And I guess there's a special edition this Sunday. We're also going to have um, a coffee hour after worship, uh, which is basically a Zoom call open to our church members. Nice. Uh, folks are frustrated, as am I, that we don't get to say goodbye in person. Mm. This would have been my last Sunday in person, and so we're trying to honor that with this virtual coffee hour. So please join us. I hate to keep saying virtual all the time. I know. Um, if, you, if you have coffee, it'll be a real coffee hour. But Charlie, that's if, I, what we're doing. if I go to your house, mm-hmm. but sit on the front steps 
and connect in with Zoom that way. Will you bring me out a biscotti and or um, a croissant? I, I would, except I'm actually going to be in the church. Oh. Yeah, I do the live stream from the church. So. Oh, okay. Well, forget it yeah. then. I, I'll go to your house, but I won't go to your church. Thank you. And That's... when you're there, pick up some sticks, will you? The wind was blowing like crazy oh, last yeah. night. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty what crazy. A blow. It was. Yeah. What a blast. It was something else. Well, good. So, uh, I'm, and you had a good Easter at Franklin? I did. Thank you for asking and, and pointing out that I didn't ask you. Um, how was your Easter, <laughs> I Jonathan? didn't point it out. What are you talking about? <laughs> it went very, it was, it was a good service. Uh, well, I, and we'll get into some of the challenges of Easter this time, but it was still a meaningful service. And I was, my whole family was able to be there. And nice. We, we offer the congregation uh, special music. Oh, good. Which we were glad to do. What What other instruments are represented in your family? Well, I, uh, I one son plays the tuba, and the other one plays the tr- um, the French horn, and oh, so wow. they played a duet with the piano. And then the six of us, along with one other individual, um, Eileen from part of the congregation, we sang um, "Christ Arose." Hey, great! Uh, it's one of my favorite Easter Up hymns. From the grave he arose. And and I'll tell you, it's between you and me, Charlie. So everyone, yes. don't listen to this. Uh, the reason why I like that, and this wasn't mine. Someone else suggested it to me. It's a perfect drinking song. Is Maybe, it really? Well, think about it. Like you start with "Oh, in the grave he arose." Yep. Sing that then. Up yep. from the grave he arose, and you hold up your your. Your uh, stein. Your, yeah, your stein. Your, your stein, heroes, and full of mead. Right, and beer yeah. and mead are you know, splashing everywhere, you? and you're just, and then you drink some more and then sing the next verse. It, it would be a great tavern Lovely. song. I guess it would be. Yeah, it's got that jaunty, the, the swinging melody. Yeah. yeah. I can relate. Yeah. All right, That's, well, I won't tell anybody you said Yeah, that. okay. So everyone who wasn't listening, come back. Thank All you right. for... thanks, everybody. Yeah. So um, we had Easter... And now uh, we're in that post-Easter kind of exhale. We are, yeah. For some, for some in the ministry, this is this is the holy week, the the yeah. week that they they wholly give up on all their responsibilities um, for their church and their communal life and yeah. job. Yeah. Um, but but in truth, it it is uh, we are on the downward part of the dramatic arc, and mm-hmm. for some, there's certainly a, a bit of a come down feeling uh, uh, post. Post Easter, um, and it's the reason why a lot of pastors take the week off. Uh, they've been so busy with Holy Week stuff. Yeah. Um, for us, it was different. I mean, it w- for me, it was more of the same stream of what I'd been doing mm-hmm. all the way through Lent. So it, it didn't feel particularly onerous. But even in the even in the best of times, I don't tend to over structure Holy Week if I can avoid it because I got so tired yeah. of hearing other ministers complain about how busy they were during Holy Week. And I'd look at all the programs they'd set up and say, so who exactly is responsible for setting all this up? Hmm. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course you did. So stop complaining. Right. I've never described you as a hard worker, Charlie. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I love that about me. You're efficient. You, babe. You're, <laughs> you're a wind-streamed pastor. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sorry, you trying to you trying to provoke my ire? I am. I am. Is that an attempt to get to anger? It is. You, you know, can't I'll do say, it. I'll tell you. A I have too much fun when I'm with you. I, it, I, this is a problem. Yeah, we do have a good rapport. We do laugh, and it's hard for me to be as angry. But I'm going to find a place. You know, okay. um, a couple of weeks ago, I wanted to bring up anger, and you suggested generosity. Hmm. And I think the timing was perfect. 
I think you, you brought it up at just the right time because people were still at this place of saying, how do I help? How do I help? Yeah. I think on this side of, I mean, going into Easter and then on this side of Easter, and here we are, you know, now more than a month into this weird time, mm. um, there's a different kind of anger that I'm feeling, this kind of that, you know, when a child starts to say, you know, you know, can I have snack? Can I have snack? Can I have snack? And you can deal with it for a certain amount of time. <laughs> and then you get to that place like, no, you can't. Don't ask anymore. Yeah. Stop it. And it feels like that with this whole thing. Like, okay, stop it. Just just stop with everything that we're doing. We just got to go back to the way it was. Just stop it. Yeah, I had a conversation with somebody today uh, who will go nameless to protect the guilty. But they said, I don't, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm reaching the limit of just being, I love my family, but I'm tired of hearing from this. This wasn't me in the mirror. It was somebody else, but they were, I'm tired of hearing their voices and, and observing up close all their little ticks and habits. And it's yeah. just wearing on me. So and then we're entering the Jean-Paul Sartre part of the quarantine, oh, I think. Nicely done. Well, I'm Look a drama at, major. So yeah, a little, little no exiting there, huh? There you go. Yeah. Um, just I wanted to make it obvious. Uh, it, one, and I will tell you, uh, Sunday morning, I there w- was a layer of anger that I was mm. feeling because this Resent, is yeah resentment, resentment at the way we're doing it and yeah yeah like this isn't how Easter is supposed to be. Nope, that's we're, right. I mean, it's supposed to be the grand day, the big celebration. Everybody in the pretty hats and the flowers everywhere and the singing and everybody gets up and at our church sings the hallelujah chorus from the Messiah. I mean, oh, there's, nice. yeah. there's things that are so much a part of the communal worship experience. For some people, it's, if you're into that sort of thing, go into Easter sunrise service, mm-hmm. you know, ugh. no, yeah. you're right. It's wrong. It's it, wrong this year. It's wrong. Right, right. And I'll tell you, this is where I could start to relate with those pastors that I'll still criticize overall that said, go <laughs> ahead, we're going to meet anyways. Yeah, yeah. Because Easter is a, it's a, it's a holiday of rebellion. Yeah, In it its is. own way. It's like, you know, even death cannot stop the message of Jesus Christ, cannot stop who Christ is. So how dare we let a virus stop us? That's right. Scholars have also um, said that uh, the the one way to get hung on a cross in the Roman Empire was to pr- provide rebellion against the empire itself. Mm-hmm. It was a punishment for the crime of sedition. Yeah. So so certainly there is a sense of anger and righteous frustration with the way things are uh, in the act of crucifixion or, or in the acts that lead up to crucifixion. Yeah. Now I still think those pastors were wrong. And okay. they shouldn't have. Let's. I want. I still want to be clear about that. That the right. Oh yeah, thing, absolutely. Yeah. They're idiots. Yeah. I mean, their behavior is idiotic. They that's may not a, be idiots. Well, but their behavior is. But yes, behavior. They're covidiots. Isn't that the term that people are using now? Covidiots. When people flout the restrictions and oh. go out without masks and cough all over the place without covering their mouths, or or if they're the governor of South Dakota, <laughs> those are covidiots. They, sorry, oh, no, I, I didn't know that. that, that I didn't cheap. know that term. But, well, I, we apologize to all you South Dakotians out there that listen. That's right. There's, I mean, and how the many, governor. How many people well, I'm sure live in South she Dakota anyways? Is, There's only I'm like, sure she thinks she's operating in the best interest I, I bet of she people does. in business in her state, and Lord knows she knows South Dakota better than I do. Well, what, but she like, was in the news today drawing anger. So. Oh. Well, yeah, they've had a... She flouted the... Um, she flouted the uh, the rules for uh, for social distancing, and now they're having a 
a bloom. Oh. Uh, there's an outbreak in, yeah. in a very in a very unpopulized. My, sorry, English isn't coming together for me right now. Yeah. Well, that your anger is is boiling up. What do you think, yeah. anger? As you mentioned grief. Mm. I felt like you were kind of setting it up mm, that anger maybe. and grief maybe be connected. Well, it it certainly is. Um, Elizabeth Kubler Ross had oh, yeah. uh, stages of grief. Uh, she had five stages mm-hmm. that she relied on that have since been addressed by others and expanded. Denial is the first. Bargaining is the third. Depression is the fourth. Acceptance is the fifth. But now, good Charlie, old you number skip one. two. You good skip- old number two. Did, did that make you angry? It was anger. Yeah. yeah, anger is the second stage of grief in the Kubler Ross model. And, um, and it's real. It yeah. is real. The denial to anger, denial to anger, you can cycle back mm-hmm. and forth in those when you first find out about a tragedy. Someone that you care about very deeply is given a, a, a life-ending diagnosis or mm-hmm. told they have so many days to live. Denial and anger work together in, in frightening ways in the beginning of how you reconcile that. And anger is, is holy, H-O-L-Y, yeah. and important in our process mm. as people of faith. Are you sure? It's, it's really important. No, so that that can be seen or heard as a, a controversial statement that anger is holy. Oh, I know it. I know it's controversial. Do me a favor. Anybody that's listening to this, Google anger in the Bible or anger Bible verses and see mm-hmm. what you get. Mm-hmm. You will get a slew of passages from Ephesians, James, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, where where uh, if you're quickly provoked in your spirit, anger resides in the lap of fools. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who's patient calms a quarrel. Again and again, yeah. there's, there's people that will lift up Bible verses for how you should not be angry and how anger is debilitating and, and unfortunate and, and not the preferred value. But I think we but, also see examples of anger being holy. I mean, the examples of, of the prophets for sure. Oh, of course. There's that righteous rage. I mean, if the uh, prophets the, weren't ticked off, nothing would have happened. Seriously, right? And Their anger course, drove a whole movement in the churches and, and the synagogues. And continues to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we'd look to Jesus in the, in the synagogue, turning over the tables and the anger. Yeah, of, I don't and, think he was wearing the smiley face during that. No, I don't think he was a smiling Jesus at that point. At no, that moment. he was not. Um, and of course, Psalms. I mean, yeah. I, I'm drawing from the Jesuit Review America, where they, they had an article called Angry, Glad, Heartbroken. There's a psalm for that. Mm. And in this article, they talk about how the psalmists rage against God and God's action in the world right. and are frustrated by God and just and, yeah. angry. And each other. Angry. And, and each other, yeah. It's... Uh... The, Psalm 137, Psalm 137, which is by the waters of Babylon, starts Mm -hmm. with this grief, but then Mm -hmm. the the last verse, um, happy shall they be who take your little ones and dash them against the rock. The classic. That, it is classic, right? We don't read that in church that often because it can be terrifying, but that's that's the depth of the anger that the people who are oppressed had towards their oppressors. That's right, and I think I think you should um, look to Psalms in the current crisis. I'm I'm leaning on Psalm 44 right now. Hmm. Psalm 44 starts: We've heard with our ears, O God, our ancestors have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. So you know there's a but coming. Um, but you get down to verse 24 in this, 
uh, verse 23, rather, rouse yourself. Why do you sleep, O Lord? Mm. Awake, do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? Anybody that's living through the COVID crisis right now has got to be having these moments, if they're people of faith, of feeling forgotten and cast aside. And so... I think it, I think it is really important for us to name. This is what we're angry about. Uh, yeah, you know we're 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 New Englanders. Although I'm not originally, but you are mm-hmm. a New Englander through and through. And part of our uh, natural inclinations is to push our emotions down, right? Yeah, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, we're kind of good at that. Yeah, yeah. I we believe they call in. us the frozen chosen. Right, right. In the we, rest of the country, that's and it's appropriate. And we let out our anger in a little passive aggressive bursts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that has done well for civilization <laughs> and for domestic life. Uh, but uh, there, there is a, a, it's appropriate for us to say, no, this makes me angry for, Absolutely. to say, you know, Easter was a day when we would get together with the extended family. We go to church, we come back, we have a big meal. And it was one of those times we were able to just be a family together. And I didn't get that this year. Yeah. No. And that makes me angry. And even though you could say, like, well, maybe you could do it in a couple of months. That's not the same. Yeah, people, it, it's hard for people that aren't really tied to these traditions. And fewer and fewer people are, in, mm. in truth, around the United States and around the world. But even if they don't have the religious connection to the tradition, certainly a lot of families across the United States gather for an Easter meal yeah. and know that it's supposed to happen at this time of year. Maybe they don't know where it is in the liturgical calendar. Maybe they know where it is in relation to baseball season or, or something, but right. but they know it. They feel it. And when you do something at the wrong time, I mean... I. Have you ever been to one of those Christmas in July celebrations? Yeah, yeah. Some churches do. I mean, they're, they're, they can be fun. fun and yeah. cute and whatever, but there isn't anybody that's really feeling it at, right. at that moment, the way you feel it when it's dark at five o'clock mm-hmm. and you look outside and there might be a, a light cover of snow and there's a chill in the air. I mean, the, the rightness of the time is, yeah. is powerful. Yeah, and, and I, I hate being robbed of that. I, well, and there's something that we try to do is we try to gloss over the wounds and say, it's going to mm-hmm. be okay, but don't worry about it. But, you know, we'll get through this. Or there's a lot of good that's coming out of this. And, and yes to all of that. There are some great things that are happening, some amazing things that are happening. But I think it is really, I think you and I are, are on the same page as saying, it's important for us to take that time also to say, this is where we grieve. This is where it hurts. This sure. is where we're yeah. angry. Yep. And and one to... of the, one of the benefits of invoking the the Kubler-Ross model of the stages of grief mm-hmm. is to remember that that it's a process and that that processing your anger that that's where you do it. I mean, quiet quiet New Englanders have fumed around dinner tables angrily for years without really airing things out. Right. And the the pain that is caused by holding all that stuff in is corrosive. Yeah. People that learn to get it out are the ones that heal. People that learn to hash it out are the ones that get to the other side. And in fact, um, was it last year, the David Kessler book, The Sixth Stage of Grief, Making Meaning? He says know you go through the five... There, there's like seven well, Charlotte, stages you know, of grief. I, I really don't read, I don't read books. <laughs> so. Sorry, I keep overloading the audio and I'm laughing. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, Kessler, David Kessler, his son died of an overdose, mm. son David. And uh, he, he talks about the sixth stage of grief is making meaning. Yeah. You don't get to making meaning without first going through denial and anger and bargaining and depression right. and acceptance. So it's, it's really good to, to, it's a, to me, it's a license mm-hmm. to be angry. Um, I, I look at my time, when I turned 15, I, I got lock, stock, and barrel into punk rock. Nice. And the reason I got into punk rock was because, uh, I don't know, hormones and, and the government and all the things that you rage against when you're into the punk movement. But it was, it was really helpful for me to be able to express things that made me angry and to stand in front of a microphone with my bass guitar strapped to me and, and yell at the top mm. of my lungs about it. I was processing as I went through that. And nice. I think I'm stronger for it now because now at 50 years old, when I get angry about something, I don't need to scream about it or, or I don't, I'm not moved to hit anybody when I'm angry. But, but I do have that sense of knowing that if I bottle it up, if I hold it in, yeah. that's where the corrosion settles in. So I'm, I'm a big fan of feeling anger. Quick, quick aside question. What's your favorite? Who's your favorite punk rock band? Dead Kennedys. Dead Kennedys. Love nice. them. Nice. Absolutely love them. Lyrically challenging, really abrasive, and they just the sounds were so ugh, sibilant and angular mm. and ugh, just I love them. I'm I'm betting that maybe three people listening are saying, "Oh yeah, I know them." <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. I was yeah. a big Husker Du fan, but they were more kind of post punk. Right. Anyway, anyway, we might not have gathered for that. The Bringing that anger into a, the holy space Thank is you. something I, I don't think we're quite good at. No, probably not. Although I think churches that are more issues-based than maybe yours or mine are, right. maybe do... I'm, personally, the church I'm serving is not a big kind of rail against injustice kind of church. We we feel mm-hmm. frustrated with injustice. We do. We watch movies and we right. have discussions and we fund organizations and stuff, but we don't, you know, we're not a big like carry signs and the parades and holler right. kind of congregation. Maybe yours is. No, 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 no. We are. Okay. I mean, we just find artful ways to ask for someone to pass the roles that expresses our anger in many, many levels. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. Okay. That's how we do it. I um, feel like reviewing your family life. <laughs> no, right, pass the rules. <laughs> give me, give me the for the third time. <laughs> that's um, no, no, we're not so much. And 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 I do think there is a kind of reluctance, and maybe it's part of. I I, I do think there, there might maybe there's this part of saying when I'm at church, I want it to be peaceful. Mm. I, I want it to be a sanctuary in every sense of the term. Oh, yeah. And if I come to church and I just hear this anger or like, be angry now, I get riled up. I I start to feel my my pulse quickening and, you know, my palms get sweaty. I'm like, oh, I am angry. Like, that's not what I want. But is there irony in that two white male pastors (laughs) get to prefer a calm, Mm -hmm. healing space for worship? Yeah, there is. Rather than one that's outraged at the injustices that are all around us. I think that's really well put. I wish yeah. I hadn't said that out loud, but now that I did. Yeah. But today, and, and I think that's a question that we need to be asking ourselves every time um, a young black man is shot by a police officer, every time we hear about environmental destruction, every time a woman is held back or um, offended or harassed in any way, you know, any time migrants are 
rounded up and put in cages, that's when we need to be asking that question of ourselves as well. Fair but, enough. Yeah. But but today I also think we need to be saying, how do we make space in our own personal devotional life, not just you and I, mm-hmm. but everyone listening, how do we make space in that life to say to God, this is hard and I'm mm-hmm. angry and I'm angry I, about I what say, I've lost. I, I would go to the Psalms. I, yeah. I would use the Psalms this way. Um, Jonathan invoked 137, I'd say Psalm 44. Mm-hmm. Look for those Psalms where the psalmist is just frustrated with God's, what what looks like God's lack of action in the world yeah. and, and how challenging that is. And sometimes just reading those out loud, putting your voice around it can yeah. be a real important part of your devotions. Now, you also had a poem, right? Oh, boy, do I have a poem. Because we're getting close to, to praying time, so... I didn't write this poem. What? This poem was shared with me, I think, by Mrs. Frink in um, in 11th grade... Nope, was it senior English class in high school? I Sorry, was... Mrs. Frink, I don't remember what year that was. Um, it's called Do Not the name. Go Gentle Into That Good Night by Dylan Thomas. Yeah, that's He says, great. Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. The wise men at their end, no dark is right, because their words had forked no lightning. They do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright their frail deeds might have danced in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Mm -hmm. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late they grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sight. Blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on the sad height, curse, bless me now with your fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. I think that's a good place for us to move into prayer. Let's move. I have, a, I have a prayer to close with by uh, um, Soren Kierkegaard. Hey! Yeah, he was Good okay. Good old SK. SK, is a, as we call him in seminary, because we right. all... Because <laughs> we couldn't bear this, the, carry the water of saying Soren Kierkegaard every time. Right, right. Um, Soren Kierkegaard, was, was he Dutch? Yeah, sure. Or from the Netherlands, Danish? You don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> All right, I can look it up. No, it's all right. Great theologian from the, the mid-1800s. So, yeah. well, um, well, we at least got that right. Yeah, we got that because I wrote that part down. Um, but I'll, I'll start with a prayer, and then if you want to pray, and then I'll close with Kierkegaard's prayer. The Danish Kierkegaard's prayer. The Danish Soren Kierkegaard. Thank you, Charlie. That's right. You're, you're, you're so quick at, at, at Google. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's pray. God, help us to express our anger and to express it in a way that's honest, authentic, and deep, in a way that lets us go right up to the edge of what feels safe and what feels like will fall into the abyss and to invite you into that place, to be able to say, this isn't right, Lord, to be able to say, this hurts, Lord, to be able to say, we're done, Lord, we don't want this anymore, Lord, we want to be able to be together again to be able to to say we've lost things that we will never be able to recover and that just makes us so angry. Help us to invite you into those spaces, those spaces where we are afraid, 
those spaces where we hurt, those spaces where we aren't sure what to do, and then to trust in your presence. In Jesus' name. God, this is hard. This hurts. It's the little things that are expanding and becoming so big in our hearts. God, give us patience. Give us grace. Give us a sense of your presence, even when we're railing at you for how things are going. Help us to redirect our anger, to follow through the grieving process, to get to further stages. But Lord, wherever we are, whether we are finally reaching our point of acceptance or just angry, God, be with us today. Oh Lord, calm the waves of this heart. Calm its tempests. Calm yourself, O my soul, so that the divine can act in you. Calm yourself, O my soul, so that God is able to repose in you, so that his peace may cover you. Yes, Father in heaven, often have we found that the world cannot give us peace. Oh, but make us feel that we, that you are able to give peace. Let us know the truth of your promise, that the whole world may not be able to take away your peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all. I hope you have the time of getting angry. Get a pillow, yell into it, get that old china that you've been trying to get rid of anyways and smash it. Yeah, yeah go outside and break some sticks. There's yeah. plenty of them on the ground right That's now. right. Pen a string. Work it out. Yeah, put together a strongly worded letter and mail it to Charlie. Um, oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, but then make sure you invite God into that space. Amen. All right, all. Be good. Be safe. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye.